0: together and we can lift up the name of Jesus. This morning we choose to rejoice. We choose to celebrate. We choose to worship you. Father, no matter what's happened during the week, I ask you would grace us with the ability to lay it down, whether good or bad, whether exciting or challenging, that we can simply lay it down and turn our attention to you this morning. We celebrate you, we lift you up, we honour you, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. How about we give the Lord another hand, eh? Thank you, Jesus, we praise you. We honour you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Well, a very good morning to you. You're doing alright? right wonderful good morning to you online this morning great to have you with us as well hey if you're a newcomer this morning if it's your first or second time with us or maybe you've been here six months but you're still a newcomer um make sure you get a welcome pack on the way out at the table down the back or on the shelf in the foyer or even better still there's a qr code on the back of your um seat you can just put your phone on it and it'll put you to a link and we Get connected with you, and um, we'd love to help you on your journey, get to know you a bit. And so, if you take advantage of that, it would be wonderful. And um, it's good to be together, eh? A little bit cooler this morning. It's the tad cooler, yeah. But but nice to be nice to be together. Hey kids, if there's any kids in here still, we've got a movie on this morning. So for the children, so please make the most of that opportunity. Jan is at, Pastor Jan's at North Campus, and Pastor Michael and Jillian are in Tuakau this morning, so we've got people all around the place doing all sorts of things, all to lift up the name of Jesus, which is great, it's wonderful. Why don't you say hello to, let's go for five people this morning, five people, as you take a seat. Introduce yourself, say your names. By the way, my name's Sheridan, I forgot to introduce myself. Great, let's turn our eyes to the screen.
1: Welcome to Activate Church. Yeah, hey, and a big welcome if you're watching from Ruakuta campus, from North campus, or from Tuwako campus. It is great to have you with us today. Next week is Mother's Day. So quick, write it in your diaries. And at Activate, we love to honor all women on Mother's Day. And next week, we've got a lovely day planned. We have a photo booth available for you to take photos with your family and friends. So if you know someone in your world, a wonderful woman, why don't you bring them along and let's celebrate them together. I'm excited to share that some changes are happening at Activate Youth and we have always been on every Wednesday night and every second Friday night. But from term two onwards, we will no longer be having Wednesday nights, but we will be every Friday night alternating between Activate groups and Uproar. I'm so excited about this change because it means that we can be so much more intentional about some other things like reaching people in schools, about connecting every young person activate to the activate youth family about evaluating every parent every youth leader every youth making events more epic more fun more exciting more honoring to god it's going to be an amazing season for activate youth exactly. and just to clarify activate intermediates will be staying the same hey also don't forget that the Activate Church Sunday gatherings are changing yeah. as well next week. So be ready for that. Ruakura Campus will be meeting at 9am, at 10.30am and at 6pm. And then North and Tuwako Campus will be at 10.30am and there will be kids programs at all the morning gatherings. Well that's all the notices for today. Yeah, I pray that you experience God's love today. In Jesus name. Amen. Great.
0: so 10.30 next week You got that locked away Same online, 10.30 next week Not 10 anymore, 10.30 So that's good Hey, I, um, I failed to do the birthdays and wedding anniversaries That was close call And I know there's a few wedding anniversaries this week So give me a wave if you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week Birthday? Happy birthday How many years? 22 years, fantastic That's worth a hand, isn't it? Fantastic wedding 16 years fantastic well done keep your hands high so that you get chocolate 22 years is worth chocolate did I miss anyone's hands birthdays or wedding anniversaries anniversary or birthdays how many years 24 well done congratulations that's awesome keep your hand up chocolate will come brilliant Did I miss anyone? 27 years down the back. Come on. Fantastic. You don't have to talk louder, I can't hear. 20 years. Hey, it's the 20s this week. Come on. Fantastic. Keep your hands up. I don't want you to miss out on chocolate if you've had a wedding anniversary or birthday at home or wherever you are. Fantastic. Lord, I give you thanks for every celebration this week. I thank you for this number of uh, 20 plus anniversaries. I declare your blessing on every anniversary this week in the name of Jesus, on every couple. Father, that you would continue Uh, to be there everything continue to be the rock that holds marriage together I bless every person who's at a birthday this week as well in Jesus name and I give you thanks for them may this next year go really well may this next year we encounter you in an amazing way Father I pray that you would be the centre of marriages in this next year that you'd be the centre of lives in this next year and that we would walk in a way that brings great honour to your name In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, there was a fear, a fear getting close to 20 or more than 20 years of anniversaries here, wasn't it? Wonderful. Brilliant. Hey, we're going to take um, and celebrate communion together this morning. And Shekinah, would you like to come? She's going to lead us around communion. Shekinah leads one of our um, young adult activate groups and is doing a sensational job there. And um, come up here. It'll be better. So yeah, give her a hand, please. A good hand as she comes. That'd be great.
2: Good morning. If the host team could start passing out the emblems, that would be great. And if everybody could just hold them until the end so we can take them together. And if you're online this morning, I'd encourage you to join us um, with your own emblems. I'm going to start by reading from Luke chapter 22. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and Gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. I want to take a brief moment this morning to pause and consider the significance of this passage and the significance of Jesus' sacrifice. It can be so easy to come each week and take communion with a certain sense of familiarity. But that can mean sometimes that we miss the enormity of what this is and what this means. Communion is an invitation to meet with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's an invitation to meet with our Creator and our Saviour. Each time we take communion, we are remembering how Jesus took the punishment that we deserved we proclaim how he has forgiven our sins and how he has been faithful. And with that, we also look ahead to when Jesus will return. Just as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11:26, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. These emblems, the bread or cracker and the juice, they symbolize Jesus' body and his blood poured out for us. But as I consider these emblems, I also, to me, see them as symbols of grace. There is a beautiful story in Isaiah 6, and it tells of how Isaiah was called. Isaiah sees God seated on the throne, and as he enters into his presence, he's so overwhelmed with God's holiness. And as he is so overwhelmed with that holiness, he becomes so overcome by how sinful he is and how undeserving he is. But in that moment, God reaches out. He forgives him. He says his sin is atoned for. You see, grace is simply getting what we don't deserve. It's unmerited favor that God has given us that leads us to salvation. And in the same way as Isaiah did, when we draw closer to God, when we understand more fully his holiness, that makes us so much more aware of the sin in our own lives. And that's not a bad thing that's a good thing because as we reach into God's holiness it can lead us to repentance and we are so unworthy of his grace of his salvation we're so broken yet God doesn't leave us in this place instead he shows us grace he laid down his life to be an atoning sacrifice for our sin and now he calls us by name he forgives us and redeems us see grace has the power to change lives We are only saved because of grace. Romans 6.14 says that sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of grace. So my prayer this morning is that of Psalm 51.10, that in this time, God would create in each of us a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within us. As you take communion, I'd encourage you to take in the holiness, the sacredness of this moment. God is in this place and he's inviting you to share a meal with him. Take a moment to remember and reflect upon his holiness, his character, his nature. And then press into the process. Wrestle with whatever sin you've been dealing with. I'd encourage you to bring whatever you have gone through this week and just lay it at his feet. Confess, surrender it, and then just allow his grace to pour over you allow his grace to wash you clean allow it to refresh you and then strengthen you so I'm just going to pray and then you're welcome to take the emblems in your own time father god we just thank you for this chance to meet with you this morning we thank you for what you did on the cross and we just thank you for your grace We thank you for your unending grace and I just ask for each person this morning that you would just give them a fresh revelation of who they are in you. I ask that you would give them a fresh revelation of grace, that they would just be able to sit in there and rest in your presence this morning and I pray that you would create in each of us a pure heart, renew a steadfast spirit within us so that we may go out and do your work.
3: your love that's broken through, and I'm free indeed, free indeed, because you reign in victory,
4: I have all authority, and I believe, I believe.
3: His love so pure. His love so gracious. A love like no other.
0: in the Spirit that there's some resistance, not defiant resistance, but the picture that Holy Spirit gave me was a, you know, like a round swimming pool with a current going around and trying to hold your ground. And I just, I felt Him saying, let go, let go, let go and go with the flow. Then I opened my eyes and I saw the screen had the running water on it. If you could bring that back up, it'd be really cool the screen had the running water and I thought that's what he's saying he's saying to us this morning come on let go and go with the flow because it's in the flow of the spirit that we find the things that we've been singing about we find healing we find peace where God moves and brings the exchange if you're carrying anxiety it's where peace is found if you're carrying fear it's where peace is found It's where the grace of God is found, where mercy is found. And this morning, I hear the Spirit saying, come on, go with the flow. Just relax. Allow Him to carry us. Can I invite you to close your eyes right where you are? Don't worry about the person on your left or right. Make this about you and God. The Holy Spirit's amongst us. He's in us, he's on us. His spirit with the flow of your spirit. right now while your heart's open whether you're in the building or at home that divine exchange allow it to take place given the stuff you carried in or the stuff you carry it's not of the kingdom it's harassing Lord we give you that this morning we step into the flow of your mercy and your grace your love, your kindness, your goodness, your health, your provision. In Jesus' name. I'm lingering a little because I feel there's a reluctance for some of us to take hold of what is rightfully ours. Hold of the atmosphere to heaven they're yours
1: thank you Jesus
0: thank you Lord thank you you know the kingdom that we're part of is not an inferior kingdom it's not is the kingdom of all kingdoms someone said something during the week which sparked a thought for me and and sometimes I think we forget it you know the Bible talks about the fact that a third of the angels fell when the devil fell so, so there's only a third which means there's more two thirds to one third goodness, yeah. love, mercy, kindness grace, compassion generosity all those kind of things on the planet because the math says so I like that. That's not even counting for supernatural. That's just the numbers. That's pretty good. Sometimes we can get caught up on the other stuff. two thirds in favour. It's pretty good, eh? Go. Yes, thank you. Who said yes? Thank you. The rest of you have lost your tongues this morning. How about praising Jesus? Come on. let lift up a sound This morning, thank you, team. How about giving the team a hand? They bless us week after week. So good. So good. Don't sit down quite yet. Don't sit down quite yet. Come on. I hope you didn't sit down at home. You probably didn't stand up in the first place. Probably still in bed. It's awesome this morning to have Pastor Simon. Coming to speak to us, Pastor Simon has been. Pastor is a pastor here, has been for a long, long time. Is um, one of our key lecturers at Vision College, and I know he's one of our favourite communicators. I always hear that every time he's on. It's like that was fantastic. So, oh, sorry, no pressure. So why don't you give Simon a massive big hand as he comes this morning? Thank you.
5: Pastor Sheridan, Carter Church. Good morning. Grab a seat. Thank you. Thank you, music team. Thank you, Pastor Sheridan, for leading us and being uh, being led by the Spirit and guiding us in that time and worship. Uh, beautiful. Uh, are you well? A bit colder this morning, wasn't it? Gosh. Hey, look. Um, I uh, back in 2017. I was uh, I was listening to a song <clears throat> came out back in the 80s by a group called Champagne, called How About Us. Anyone know it? Okay, cool, a few of us, okay. Uh, this illustration's not going to land, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but so uh, this is one of the songs I grew up, I grew up listening to a lot of R&B and soul, and, and I remember back in 2017 listening to this song. It was their big hit. <clears throat> and, um, and I was really moved listening to it. You might know it. Uh, uh, Ooh, short and sweet. No sense in dragging on past our needs. It's this couple going, oh, maybe we should split up. It's not working. Let's don't keep it hanging on. With that smooth sort of If the fire's out, we should both be gone. And then, and then it comes to the chorus where he goes, but maybe we could make it work. Some people are made for each other. Some people can love one another for life. How about us? And no one goes, how about us, baby? You know? And, so, and so, so I'm listening to this song. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm listening to this, and I'm really moved. So I think, you know what? I'm going to post that on Facebook. That's my social scrapbook. I'm going to post that on Facebook. And the response was overwhelming. <laughs> Not even my mum liked it. And she likes everything. And so you're going, oh my gosh, okay. But, but see, this is, this is where it gets interesting because I, I found out that there was a site called Get Viral. And, uh, and so I could go to Get Viral and I could buy 500 Facebook likes <laughs> for $17 US, about $24 New Zealand. Or if I wanted to get really serious... I could buy 20000 for three hundred and forty-nine ninety-nine US, just under $500 New Zealand. So I've been saving since 2017. <laughs> well, how about TikTok? Have you noticed a lot of the kids doing TikTok? My kids come to me and go, hey, look at this TikTok. It's really funny. And I look at it and go, not even funny. Yes, it is. Well, you've got no sense of humour. TikTok, these funny little videos where people do stuff. And, and again, so TikToks are huge. And again, you can buy 100 uh, TikTok likes, for just $1.99 US, or you could go 150 for $4.99, which is strange. Why don't you just buy 200 for four bucks? <laughs> or you could get serious and buy 10,000 for $139.99, just under $200 New Zealand. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. I can buy views, I can buy likes, I can buy friends. No matter what social network we're on, uh, you can buy popularity and friends. I can't believe there's a market for this. You know? I, I understand that for a lot of people, you know, with businesses, you want to bump your posts up and that sort of thing. But there's a market for this. I remember sharing it with one, one uh, young fellow I was talking during the weekend. He goes, oh, cool, I could buy so many for... F-. No, you're not listening. No. <laughs> no. You know, our society has uh, been described by some social commentators as a swipe-right culture. You heard that phrase? comes from how some people look for dates or, or connections on a, on, a, on a social dating app. And when we like something at first glance, we swipe right. Uh, the moment something, whether it's a person or a relationship or a job or a community, uh, loses its appeal, well, then you swipe left. And uh, Pastor Jeremy Lineman uh, actually notes that swipe right culture promises freedom and autonomy. And the moment you're not satisfied, you can go find something new, probably by using some device. You know, we can upload video to YouTube. We can uh, follow people on Twitter. But it's really funny, in light of our increased connectedness, our culture is noting, noticing an increasing sense of loneliness and disconnection. You know, despite 24/7, uh, always-on connectivity, you know we are lonelier than any other human group on the uh, ever in history. Ever in history. Uh, one of my favourite uh, Christian writers, a guy called David Benner, he, he he says this. He says the deepest ache. Got it there. He says the deepest ache of the soul is the spiritual longing for connection. And belonging. No one was created for isolation. You know, those of you who who remember Simon and Garfunkel, you know, I am a rock, I am an island. That's a song sung in pain. You know, we were not created to live alone. We were not created to live in isolation. And so we all long for connection. We all long for relationship. Essentially, we all long to be loved, and we all long to be known. We long to belong. Amen? It's a human need. And so picking up on these values, uh, th- these key values, to belong is to be known and to be loved. And, and uh, Andy Crouch and Jeremy Linneman provide this following two-by-two two chart that I find, found really helpful to look at what belonging is and what belonging isn't. And so for us here and for now at home watching, let's have a look at this. And so when you come to this two-by-two two chart, you'll see down the bottom here, first and foremost, there are those who are ignored and rejected. They are not known. They are not loved. So these people, not seen, not acknowledged, they're ignored. And you're not accepted. You're you're excluded from warmth and love, rejected. And so often there are huge swathes of society that are frowned upon by everyone else. Ignored and rejected. Not known, not loved. Then we move up to rejection, which, you know, let's face it, we've all experienced it. So people know you, but they don't like what they see. And so uh, they don't accept you. They exclude you from their circle. They exclude you from their love. Tim Keller notes that to be known and not loved is our greatest fear, to dare to open up who we are to someone and for them to look and just go, oh, and recoil. And so we, we, we learn to cover up. We fear that rejection. So we learn rightly or wrongly what we must do, what masks we wear, how we must behave So that we're loved. Which brings us to fitting in. So ignored and rejected, not known and not loved. Rejection, you're known, but you're not loved. Fitting in, you're not known, but you're loved. This is interesting. This is that peer pressure thing. This is that thing that we all go through in our teens. And actually, again, it's a human thing. I'm not really known. People don't want to know the real me, but I conform who I am to the person or the group so that I'm accepted. Research Professor Brené Brown puts it this way, if, uh, if I get to be me, I belong. But if I have to be like you, I'm fitting in. So if I wear the right clothes, if I speak the right way, if I paper over the cracks, if I put on masks, if I hide the warts and all, then I can fit in. I'm not known, but I'll be loved. Which brings us to belonging, which is a whole different thing. In belonging, we are known and we're loved. To be fully known and truly loved, that, that's what it's like to be loved by God. Uh, Keller, Keller puts it, Tim Keller, great pastor, great Christian thinker and writer he puts it this way. He says, "Belonging is what we need more than anything." It liberates us from pretense. I no longer have to, be, to pretend to be something that I'm not. It, uh, it humbles us out of our self-righteousness. I no longer have to work or, 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 or try and earn or deserve your love because I just have it. And it fortifies us for any difficulty that life can throw at us. Oh, I'm known and I'm loved. I can, I can get through this. This too shall pass. I remember Pastor Sheridan a number of years ago talking about intimacy with with, with the phrase, in to me you see, and and that closeness. And and, you know, the closer you get to someone, the more into them you see, true? And uh, you know, some of you know me at a distance. You may only know me as you see me here, a very public persona. Others are a bit closer, others closer still. Others move in behind the curtain and see what's going on. Rachel, my wife has seen me at my best, and she has seen me at my worst. She has seen me in my glory, and she has seen me in my grief. You know, we, we think, of, think of this as belonging, using marriage as an example. You know, we think of belonging, you know, these these books belong to me, this, these keys belong to me, and then we use it with regards to people, and we might say those kids belong to that couple, or they belong together. Yeah, romantically, they belong together but we struggle a bit there, I think, with this idea of belonging, meaning ownership. You know, But there's a sense in which Rachel is mine. And the moment I say that, there may be some cultural heckles raised that go, whoa, 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 grabbing my torch and pitchfork, down with the patriarchal domination. She's not a chattel. And you go, absolutely, absolutely. That, 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 those things are absolutely true. And yet, there is a deeper truth that because we have committed to one another in marriage covenant before God and before others, she is mine and I am hers. She belongs to me and I belong to her. And that's not a, a jealous possessiveness or a manipulative controlling or her holding her under my thumb. There's a, there's a freedom there. And in that place I can learn to be known and to be loved and so here, I, here I, I've lived with this woman 24 years we've been married and so she's celebrated my triumphs and she's tended me uh, in my weaknesses you know um, she's seen me at my best as I say and at my darkest she's seen me represent Christ beautifully and breathtakingly and she has seen me at my lowest and she still loves me that that between you and I, that, that, that baffles me at times. It's, 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 it's like grace. You know, you, you don't get it. There's something deep there. And it's a love that's like Christ's love. And it's in Christ that you and I find true belonging. So we're working through these values that we have as Activate Churches. And we see them up here on the wall. Um, and today we're talking about belonging. The value of belonging. And and first and foremost, we must talk about the fact that that we belong to God. We belong to God. True belonging is to be fully known and to be fully loved. And it starts in our relationship with God. We belong to God. First, you, I, we belong to God. Psalm 100 verse 3 uh, says this. It says, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. And we are his. And then the shepherd imagery, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The contemporary English Bible puts it this way. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. We belong to him. Now, we could get caught up because we're Western individuals and we have rights and and no one's going to own me and we don't like. But actually, no, this is about depth of intimacy and relationship. We belong to him. I I can think of the intimacy of the words of the Song of Songs. I am my beloveds and my beloved is mine. And I can receive those and hold on to those as a follower of Christ. So to be human is to be designed for intimate relationship with God, with the divine. And that's why the yearning to belong for connection is a spiritual thing. It's a deep spiritual truth. Only God can satisfy, because that's how we're designed. C.S. Lewis, anyone read Mere Christianity? For me, C.S. Lewis's writing is like a a beautiful, rich chocolate mud cake with cream and be- It's like you can have a bite and it's beautiful. You can't eat it anymore because it's just so rich. You've got to come back and have some more later. And, and, and so that's what I find Lewis is right. And in, in his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis has this to say about how we're designed by God. He says, God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. And a car is made to run on petrol and it won't run properly on anything else. True? Even if you put diesel into an engine that runs on 91, it's not going to work, eh? Pour Jim Beam into it, it's not going to work, yeah? Because it's not designed to run on that. Well, C.S. Lewis goes on to say, now God designed the human machine to run on Himself. He Himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits designed to feed on. There is no other. That's why, that's why happiness uh, happiness, and, and all these other things that we try and pursue in the world doesn't work. We, went, we, we weren't made for it. That's why C.S. Lewis says, it's no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. By that he means by faith, by obedience, by walking with Jesus. Why? Because God can't give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it isn't there. We're designed to be in relationship with God. To belong to God. To be known and to be loved by God. But we seek to be known and to be loved elsewhere in the world. But it's only found in Him. I think of the words of Augustine, a very famous phrase from his confessions centuries ago. Thou hast formed us for thyself and our hearts are restless They find their rest in thee. We were made to run on God. How how does Psalm 139 begin? If you know it, beautiful Psalm of David, if you think about it, oh Lord, you have searched me, and you and you know me. And that is a deep, personal, intimate knowledge. You know me, you know me deeply. God knows me intimately. You form me in my mother's womb. You know my days, my words, my thoughts, my fears, my dreams. You know, people. there's people who know you, and then there's people who know you. And God knows us, knows us. And I see the sense of being known and being loved in Paul's journey. The Apostle Paul wrote 13 letters that are part of the New Testament. And as you read through his writings, I can see this. Paul uh, initially he was a very zealous uh, man who persecuted and oppressed the church. He believed he was doing the right thing. He believed that the church was bringing, uh, was damaging to his understanding of God. But then he met Jesus, and that all changed. And uh, he wrote to the Corinthians that, I don't deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And then he goes on, and you can see all through his writing, littered this idea that he understands what it is to be known by god and he understands what it is to be loved by god a very famous passage to the roman christians he writes um, he writes i'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from god's love he goes on neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither our fears today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from god's love no power in the sky above or the earth below Nothing in all creation, oh, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you think Paul gets the idea that he's loved? He goes on, he writes to the Galatians, this church that's moving away from the gospel message. Um, He says, look, this life that I live, he says, I live trusting in the Son of God who loved me And gave himself for me. Again, he loved me. Gave himself for me. And in his final letter to his protege, Timothy, uh, Paul is expecting to die. He will go before the emperor and he will not survive. But he writes to Timothy, but it's okay for I know the one in whom I trust. I I love this. It's not for I know what I have believed. It's I know whom I have believed. Yeah, this is about his relationship with Jesus. And, 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 and I'm convinced that he's faithful. And, and, and so here is Paul. He, he, he is known by Jesus. He is loved by Jesus. He has met Jesus and everything has changed. And so if I go back to Keller's words uh, earlier, we see that Paul is able to be liberated from all pretense because he's loved and known. He, he is humbled out of any form of self-righteousness. He doesn't have to work to be loved because he just is loved. And then he's fortified to face any difficulty that life can throw at him, even death, because he knows the one whom he has believed. And he's known by Jesus and loved by Jesus. He's convinced of his goodness. You know, and so knowing that we belong to God can transform our lives. It can give us a a profound sense of worth, a sense that we matter because we're created by God, created in God's image, that we're deeply known and deeply loved. And it also brings a sense of perspective and order. See, first and foremost, you and I are God's people. We are children of God. John writes, "See how much, how very much our Father loves us." NIV has, "See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God." You know, you may be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher. You may be struggling to find work. You you, you be a son, a a, a daughter, a grandparent, a parent, whatever you might be. But but first and foremost, you're a child of God, and whatever role you occupy. That's that's shaped by your primary relationship with God. It colours all of that. And belonging to Jesus also changes the way that we treat others. And so we belong first and foremost to God, but there's there's a biblical, there's a theological reality too that now that I'm a follower of Christ, we belong to one another. And so we belong within the family of God, among the people of God. And so Paul wrote to the Ephesian believers, uh, he talks about the, um, he, he talks about, uh, the Jews and Gentiles, and, and of course Gentiles being non-Jewish people, and he says that, uh, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, you're members of God's family. Eugene Peterson puts it this way in the message, he says, you're no longer strangers and outsiders, you belong here. It's not a geographical location. It's not a building. It's, it's you belong within a network of relationships. You know? Who am I? See, even Jesus, his identity came from relationships, didn't it? His relationship with the Father. And his humanity, son of Mary and Joseph, of the tribe of Judah. We, we, were, we were born to be part of a network of relationships. We long for belonging. And God brings us into his family. We use the word church for the family of God's people. New Testament scholar Tom Wright describes the church as a single uh, multi-ethnic community. A family promised to the creator God by Abraham. Now the early Christians did their best to live as an extended family, caring for each other in the way in which in that world, Extended families did. They called each other brother and sister, and they meant it. It wasn't a unity that was born of conformity to fit in. It was a unity that, of diversity, people living together, making space for people who were different, learning to love like Jesus loves. And in our individualistic cultural orientation, this idea of, of the church as family challenges that massively. Uh, Emily Esfahani smith from The Atlantic describes the price that we've paid for our social disconnection. She says we volunteer less, we entertain guests and our home less, and we have fewer and fewer close friends with whom we'd share the intimate details of our lives. We're denying our social nature, and we're paying a price for it. Over the same period of time that social isolation has increased, our levels of happiness have gone down while rates of suicide and depression have multiplied. I've done a bit of work around loneliness, particularly in light of the COVID epidemic. And, you know, there's, there's, there's research around that shows that, you know, for middle-aged men, the key killer for middle-aged men is not heart disease, it's not obesity, it's loneliness. It's rampant among our young people, it's rampant among our elderly. It is, a hu- it is an epidemic. Among human beings around the world, this deep sense of loneliness. By way of contrast, uh, I've been inspired by the work of a man, John Varnier, in the Lash communities, where uh, they've worked with people with disabilities to create families to care uh, for people. And Varnier and Lash sought to create these families for those with uh, developmental disabilities, um, where people who, who are dealing with that can, can be loved and known. And I saw this, this documentary that came out in, in 1966, and I was really moved by Varnier's words, particularly this phrase. And this is what he said. He said, the important thing is to feel that somebody loves you and that if you're not there, you're missed. And that if one day, as we all are, we're called to die, then somebody will weep for you. Despite what Western culture might advocate, personal fulfillment lies in connection and belonging, not autonomy. For most non-Western cultures, the autonomous individual who stands alone and by himself is not a healthy individual. It is moving from that independence into interdependence where we see true health and fullness. So we're to learn and practice being known and being loved together as God's people. To practice being able to open up and to be seen and to be loved and so just to share a little bit more. And then to take that love around for others. It's actually part of our witness if you read John 11, a new command I give you, love one another. By this will the whole world know that you are my disciples. What? That you love one another. People looked at the early Pentecostal church, and one of the things they said was, they were amazed there was, there was um, African American and white and Latino and poor and rich all mixing together. And one of the early commentators said, the color line was washed away in the blood of the Lamb. And it didn't happen anywhere else in that society. In Christ. Now, you go, well, I don't see that necessarily in the church. No, we got work to do. But, but, But if I look at Jesus, I believe it. That's what He wants. That's what He believes. And so I endeavour to walk out His truth so that His kingdom comes and His will is done on earth. Not the will of the powers of this world, but what He sees. Simon, I see value and worth in that person. Treat them accordingly. Yes, Lord. You hear me, eh? Isolation it's no good for us. Amen? We don't do well with it. We need one another. I like Philip Yancey's words. He doesn't like it. If he doesn't go to church often, he starts to not like it. He becomes a bit of an egg. That's my paraphrase. But I went, I get that. Got to, got to stay together. And you know, we have a natural tendency to drift, don't we? And when you drift, you don't drift up. You don't drift better. You drift down. You, you, it's part of our fallen nature. We drift away from all that's wholesome and holy. Yeah, You don't drift into healthy relationships. That tends to take effort, eh? That tends to take intentionality. But we drift into unhealthy relationships. We drift into bad habits. And I love how Pastor Lydia Kicker puts it. She says the best defense against that drift... It's not me. No, the best defense against that drift is we, not me. It's the us, not the singular you. We is the best defense against the deceitfulness of sin in me and in singular you. We need one another. There's, there's safety and community, there's safety in the family. And we can learn to live for others. Taking the focus off ourselves, we can make space for others to belong. And the more we seek to cultivate community, the more we feel that we can belong among these people. We are not our own whanau. We were bought at a price. Paul wrote that to the Corinthians. You are bought at a price the precious blood of the Lamb. I'm not my own. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Rachel. I belong to you. Oh, but Jesus, I just want to sit over here and write my songs and talk to you. That's cool. But if you love me, this is what I want you to do. Go love my people. Oh, but I don't like them. (laughs) If you love me, then I want you to love my people. And to love this world like I love you, that's worship that's pleasing to me but I wrote you a song, yeah that's great but this is, you know, he's Lord (laughs) so as I conclude, you know you weren't made to do life on your own you're not designed that way you know there's a lot of poisonous, toxic stuff we've been taught in in, in Kiwi masculinity and, and probably just Kiwi culture in general I'll do it on my own, harden up that sort of rubbish. And there's a point, there's a point where, yeah, yeah, you could be able to stand on your feet. But we belong not to ourselves, but we belong to God and through God to one another. And and here... In this local expression, in this local community of faith, with the Spirit's aid, we can find the fulfillment of our lifelong search for belonging. Oh, it's it's and we're learning, eh? Still practicing, not perfect, but on a journey of being known and being loved. And here, we can begin the journey of being known, of being loved, of belonging, and of practicing knowing others and of loving others. Among Christ and among His people, I'm truly known and truly loved. That's the truth. So now I've got to walk in that. I can learn to live loved. I can learn to dwell and abide in the security of being known and being loved. And, and, and bit by bit and day by day, you and I become what we were meant to be. Children of God, fully secure in our identity, as children of God. And that glorifies God our Father. I just ask you to bow your heads and Far know at home watching online. And I just want to ask, if, if, if that's you this morning and you're just being challenged, yeah, I don't want to live in isolation. I acknowledge that I belong to You. I want to be in relationship with You, God. For all that You have done in Jesus, for God so loved this world that He sent His Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Because of what God has done in Christ, He wants you to come home and belong, to come home to that intimacy and relationship with Him, to come home and and belong in that intimacy of belonging among His people. If that's you here this morning, can I get you to raise your hand? Thank you, brother, for your courage. If that's you here this morning, and if that's you at home, the Spirit who's with us here is with you right now. And I just want to pray for all of us at this time. For us here in this auditorium, for far watching at home, heavenly Father, we thank you that you know us, right down to the very depths of who we are, uh, the good, the bad, our deepest secrets, and, and and our wonders and dreams. And knowing us as 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 you do, Lord, you still you love us completely and so deeply. Lord, we want to be in relationship with you. We want to belong with you, Lord. Draw us in draw us in and hold us close because of what Christ has done Lord not because of anything I can do not because of anything that I am or because I'm good enough but because of what you have done and your goodness and your grace Lord hold us close we pray and bring us Lord into relationship among your people so that we might find the fulfilment for that deep spiritual longing for connection and belonging that You have placed deep within us. Lord, I pray Your blessing upon these precious people here in this room, sitting, watching at home. And I pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you, that the Lord would make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship that is formed by the Holy Spirit be with us all. And God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord.
0: Thank you, Simon. Thought-provoking, eh? Hey, when's the last time you invited someone home for lunch? Build a sense of belonging. I think programs like MasterChef Work against us with things like that because we think we've got to do some incredible meal. But inviting someone home for lunch is about being together, it's not about what you eat. Chicken, coleslaw, and buns will do the job just nicely. Well, why don't you invite someone home today? Someone you don't know. It's great. Get to new, meet some new people. It'd be awesome. Wonderful. Hey, um, thank you for your giving. And thank you for your faithfulness in giving and thank you for continuing to be faithful in giving. We, um, you know, we can do what God's called us to do as a church because of faithfulness with giving and finances are an accelerator to the purposes of God. And your faithfulness really allows us to, to be able to step out by faith into what God's asking us to do. So thank you so much for that. We appreciate it. And um, it's great to be on the journey with you in the whole area of giving. As we come to a close, we're going to have a prayer team down here. And if something that's been said today has sparked something off for you, can I encourage you to come? And the team would just love to stand with you. They'd love to pray with you. They'd love to uh, support you, lift you up with what's going on in your world. So make the most of the opportunity of having a prayer team available would be really good. If you're online with us today, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to have you. We pray and declare that the week will be great for you. Can I invite us all to stand? Jan is speaking tonight at the 6 pm. It's gonna be great. Father, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for what we've heard this morning about belonging. And I ask that you would give us the ability to grapple with those thoughts that are so countercultural in today's world. And that word embrace your ways, your purposes. Father, we understand that your kingdom's upside down, or is it ours that's upside down? We know they're quite different. So we choose to embrace your ways, your values. We choose to embrace you. And Father, I ask for every one of us this week as we go into society that we would go with the confidence of being the king's kids. That we would go and that just simply by being your kids and walking closely with you, the atmosphere in our world would change. The atmosphere that we carry would change. That we would be hope to the hopeless. That a kind word would change someone's day. That would be a signpost that points to the goodness of God. Just let that happen naturally, I pray, in Jesus' name. I ask for every one of us that we would walk with a sense of commission and a sense of being loved, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, have a fantastic day. I think we should finish with a song. But have a fantastic day, a great week. Don't forget to invite someone home for lunch.
4: Bless the Lord, draw me to worship, rise above, and bless the spirit is holy, declaring he is holy. Come bless the Lord, come bless the Lord, draw me to worship, rise above, and bless the spirit his holy.
0: Jesus' name.